talked about it all off season. This is the right thing to do. It looks great on paper. Now we just have to follow through with it and everything fell into place. He's over 300 pounds. He's a, just, a, just a big monster, space-eating, destructive beast. And he's 27. I wonder if Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr high-fived when they heard that. Hey everybody, welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I am your host, Cy Amundsen, being helped along by producer from Vikings.com, Jay Nelson. And we are going to talk a little bit of free agency here with a special guest. But first, I want to kick things off by saying we hope everyone right now is doing the right thing, being safe, doing okay. Uh, We understand the gravity of this situation, but we also thought at VEN that it was important that we bring a little distraction to you guys in the middle of everything that's going on. The league year has officially kicked in. We've got free agency moves. Uh, We want to get you caught up on everything Vikings. And to do that, in his house in Edina, joining me while I sit in my house in Eden Prairie, we have the wonderful, the talented, the athletic, the handsome Ben Lieber. Oh, Cy, it's so good to see you. I mean, I I want to do all sorts of like hugs and like dapping and all that stuff, but we can't do it. But we can virtually do it. We just have to smile at each other on camera. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it's good to see you. And and isn't technology great that even this even though crazy. we have all this all this crap going on and we've got to socially distance ourselves, we can still give the Vikings fans the content that they deserve. And you know, not to go on a soapbox here, and I know that the that Goodell and the league caught a bunch of crap uh, for not postponing anything. Man, these last few days have been great. You know, we we're 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 holed up at home, and everybody's trying to do the right thing. And thankfully, we have trades to talk about. We have the NFL to talk about. The NFL is doing the good thing uh, and doing the right thing about postponing some physicals and doing as much as they can distantly, so we can still have some some football news to talk about. Like it's been nice. It's the great thing about sports. I've always said they're a dis- you know when you love something, it's it's a great distraction. And even in the midst of this, it can be a description. I will say we're going to dive into everything, but I do have to do the disclaimer because it's put the league year and everything started because guys have to take physicals. It's making everything interesting in terms of things becoming official. So some things have become official. Some other things might be pending. So as of the time of us recording here, some of the things we talk about are going to be coming from reports. And some are things that we can say are official. Let's start with the first one that's official. A thing that you and I have been texting about throughout the offseason, they extended Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to, speaking of soapboxes, I'm going to TED talk off the top here and then let you run. Okay. Because I think he's been, there's always been kind of this divisive following behind Kirk. People who love him, people who don't, people who want him, people who don't want the extension. Let me put it to everybody listening this way. I, when I saw it, I got really excited, but I got excited because we have stability at the quarterback position. But more importantly, I got excited because of what it said about who our organization is and who they believe they are. 
Because in sports, there's two types of teams. There's teams who they try, they, they make a run. And when they're near the end of their run, they tear it down. It's build it up, tear it down, build right. it up, tear yep. it down. And then there's some teams who view it as constantly restocking. And in the NFL, you're talking about like the Ravens. Think about the Ravens. The Ravens yeah. since 2001, they're always either making a run or just teetering on making a run. The Steelers, obviously the Patriots with Brady. But I think even with a lot of the changes we're going to see on this roster, for you to go out and give a quarterback uh, who, who's in his prime, but he's not 25, right. to, to give him that contract and extend him three more years says to me that this team and this organization believes we are the restocking and consistently making a run sort of team. And that, I think, is the best news you could have as a fan, that that's what your leadership believes. Well, and, and I don't think that it's just the football business. It's the overall business of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to tell you this from a player standpoint that sort of blew my mind. And maybe, maybe I was naive to how big the Vikings logo was, how big the Vikings team was, the organization was. But when I was a player, so this was eons ago, years and years ago. 30, 35 uh, years ago. 30, 35 years ago. I believe it was the marketing team that came in. And we had this meeting where the business people came in and they said, look at this graph. This is the graph of the most popular teams in the NFL when it comes to merchandise sales, you know, uh, watermarks and all this other stuff. The Vikings were at like number nine. Yeah. And I'm like, we're that big of a of a of a team and we're recognized on that level. Nationally. Yeah. Nationally and worldwide. And I and I think that um being in that group means a lot to everybody that works there. So a decision like that to extend Kirk Cousins, they also understand that this is just great business for the Vikings as a whole. You know, we all yeah. we have all been looking for continuity at quarterback. I've been through, you know, Gus Farrat and and my boy Brooks Bollinger and Tavares Jackson. Um, well, obviously Brett. Well, just just think but, of think of that crazy statistic that you see that pops up every year as a Viking fans, where it's like it's been seventy years since a quarterback has started seventeen straight. Like it's always <laughs> some ridiculous. You're like, yeah. Fran Tarkington was the last guy to play two seasons in a row, or something. crazy crazy yeah. like that yeah now it's we crazy got a guy who could be there for five yeah and i get it like listen he's polarizing but he's not controversial and i think that's the other part of it is where the vikings fans like they want a little bit more controversy but for only other reason just to show that um maybe he's 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 got this like dy dynamic ability to him his dynamic personality but um it's funny how people always want what they don't have and yeah and we've got a quarterback that statistically is in the in the top seven of all NFL quarterbacks when it comes to st statistics and everything that you're looking for, all the metrics. I want a guy that's a winner on the field. He's proved himself. He had the best the best season that he's ever had in his career. And and this is at a time where a lot of people think that he hit his ceiling, had the best year of his career. So why not reward him? Why not? him give the team an opportunity to save some cap space, get some cap relief. He played ball when he didn't really have to keep that mm -hmm. in mind. Side. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. He, he held all the, when was the last time you saw a player hold all the chips in a negotiation in the, in the NFL? 
It happens Not in the NBA. <laughs> it's it's hard to come up with a guy. It's like, oh yeah, he had all the leverage, and uh, and he and he exercised. In nineteen seventy three, Chip Johnson was dating an owner's daughter. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah there's no. Yeah, you yeah. have to go a long way. The way that our our contracts are set up, they have most of the leverage. He he could have played hardball and said, "Listen, I got a guaranteed contract. I don't have to do jack squat." But he knew what was best for the team. He trusts that Spielman and those guys are going to take some of that cap savings and use it to their best advantage to make a really good team and build a team around him. I mean, the whole thing was we talked about it all offseason. This is the right thing to do. It looks great on paper. Now we just have to follow through with it and everything fell into place. Well, and let me let me like double down on it here before we move on to the next polarizing thing. To me, watching him win that game in New Orleans. Now, I know we went on to lose in San Francisco the next week, but you know, there's been all this talk that's followed him all the way back to his days in Washington. I think that was just such a great moment for the team, but also for him personally. And I'm enthused to see him get to go through a season where we walk into Monday night and just not have to listen to that garbage. Right. Like, because you can't, you can't say it anymore. You, you can, if you, if you're in national media and you don't like Kirk Cousins, it's fine, but you can't say that anymore. Right. He led two incredible drives at incredible moments in the playoffs. You can't say it anymore. And one, and one of the most hostile places to play in the NFL. I'm ready to see him have a full season with that in theory, behind him. I, I'm with you. The uh, the next one, and another thing that you and I uh, talked about as I just harassed you, we got into <laughs> we got into uh, like a half-hour conversation about this during the NCAA National Championship to the point where I think you almost were like, Cy, you, sh- you need to leave my house. I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but Stefan Diggs has been traded to Buffalo and for an incredible amount of picks. And it's an interesting moment for a lot of Viking fans because it's the Minnesota miracle. You know, 35 is that cutoff where you still kind of lived through 1998. You lived through Randy Moss. You were like, you were a kid coming of age. So you have that. Anything under that, Stefan Diggs represents the most iconic imagery in team history. And a lot of people loved him as a player, but it became clear that he was hoping for a change. And given everything that was going on, I mean, you're talking about a wide receiver class that you keep telling me is unbelievable, like off the charts, unbelievable. Yeah. And the day before a top three receiver gets traded for a second round pick and a running back who split duty last year, and all of a sudden we go off and flip Stefan Diggs for a first, a fifth, a, a, a sixth, and a following year fourth, like... I mean, this this could have been 1998 Randy Moss we traded, and I'd have still been like, they did a pretty good job. It's a pretty impressive haul in the face of what I think a lot of people thought the market would be for a wide receiver. I really can't believe that they got all of that value for Stefan. You and I have gone, and we don't need we're, we don't need to tell the public about how many texts you and I have about Stefan specifically. Um, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Yeah, again, another polarizing figure in which you and I have have differing views at times. Um, the thing is, this is a large wide receiver class when it comes to free agency. You know, I I know how to count a little bit. Um, I I don't I can't say that I'm going to stick to my guns on this, but I counted somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy free agents available 
that have NFL experience that are available free agents as far as wide receivers go. You couple that with what everybody is saying is a really deep and talented class of wide receivers coming out in the draft. And not the, not just that they're deep and talented. You can find, you can find top level wide receivers that do a lot of different things and fit a lot of different system. You have taller receivers that run the complimentary route tree and do all that stuff. And they're very polished. Then you have the, the, the slot receiver guys that are really cool quick and really fast and, and they they fit that Julian Edelman type of player and then you have a guy like LaVisca Chenault who's like this big bruising wide receiver that's a little bit like Cordero a, a little bit like Percy Harvin you've got all of them and they're all really good and all of a sudden now we find a team in the Buffalo Bills that yeah they need some help they led the league and dropped passes by wide receivers last year. They've got a quarterback that loves to chuck the ball deep, although he's not super accurate, but that's a big part of their game. And they need a guy. They need some stability out there. And we got him for a first, a fifth, a sixth, and a fourth next year. Man, I, g- given the climate that, that you have to pick, that you, you're, you're going to have the ability to pick at number 22 for them, if they want to address the wide receiver spot, they could have done that. But yeah. obviously they have other needs and they felt like Stefan was the guy that's going to put them over the top. So, hey, for a guy that makes it seem like he doesn't want to be here, that we, we got a haul for him. And there's never any like in, a, in, in that model that we, we spoke about at the beginning, uh, the, you know, the stability, the, the restocking, the never tearing down and building up, the just continuously building having four draft picks, four extra draft picks the next couple of years, when, when you are going to have some turnover on the team and when you are going to have the chance to get younger, that's, you know, for one guy, four guys, that's not bad at all. And the truth is it ends up being good for both sides, man. I mean, we, we got a great haul from him. Diggs, if he wants to be somewhere else, he's going to be somewhere else. And like you said, you get to watch him. Buffalo's going to honestly be a fun team to root for. Yeah. Brady having left the Patriots and that division being open and what they did last year, they're going to be fun to watch. So it's, it's a situation that turned out well all the way around. I want to get into a couple specific additions and uh, subtractions. But before I do that, I'm going to like blanket three of them together. Sure. Because I got a text. I have a friend who is a Packer fan, who talks an amount of trash to me on a consistent, like, I don't even, I, I like twice a year when we play, I send him a message like, hey, I hope you lose. This guy must text me twice a month with just something ridiculous. He goes, so far, you guys have re-signed a punter, a kicker, and a fullback. That was, and then he put a bunch <laughs> of emojis. And I, I didn't even respond because I didn't know how, like, <laughs> I didn't know how to tell him that I was like, that's the best news. This, how long, like, do we have to go back to Gary Anderson for me to not be nervous about our kickers and punters? Yeah. So we, everybody in this town is freaked out for two decades about what's going to happen when we have an important special teams moment. And for the first time in forever, we have Colquitt, we have Bailey, they've provided stability. I mean, Zimmer constantly talks about how calm and collected Dan Bailey is. And now we have him. And then, by the way, don't tell me a fullback's not important. I, we do this all the time where I start talking like I know football and then you condescend me and show me. But Not all the time. I think, I think at 50%. I think I'm right about this one. There are two other coaches that use a fullback as much or more than we do. And they're Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan. 
So I am thrilled that we have a guy that was in the running for a, being a first ballot Pro Bowler. That's what I'm calling the original guys now. A first ballot Pro Bowler. And he's here for four years and, and we use him and we use him smart. I love all three of those signings. Well, I like all three of the signings for, the, for what you just said. You have to have stability with special teams. I know we, we, like, to, we like to crap on special teams. I mean, we even did it well, as a player. Do. It, it, it was just sort of fun. You're like, oh, look at those guys like barely practicing. You know, it, it, the, that third phase of special teams, it's always just sort of been this lighthearted joke and all this other stuff. But when it comes to Sundays, you need them and you rely on their legs and you rely on their mentality in a tough situation with a lot of pressure on them to perform and perform at the highest level there's zero margin for error with those guys and that's why that position is so tough so then when you find a battery like those two guys uh, along with the rookie uh, snapper that was phenomenal last year you keep them around it's it's pretty apparent when when coach zimmer doesn't like a kicker he's gonna mm -hmm. let he's gonna let you know and the public is gonna know he loves dan bailey so yeah so why not, why not take care of that guy that's taking care of us as a team, give him the extension, give the some stability. Now, when it comes to fullback, now get this. So fullbacks seem like they're interchangeable. You can find these guys, not necessarily a dime a dozen anymore, but you can find a bunch of try hard guys that maybe can't fit the mold of the other positions and you can mold them into fullbacks as long as they have the mentality to go down go downhill and hit somebody well they find mm -hmm. some guy in cj ham well they also brought in some free agents last year uh kari blazingame he comes in looks really good in preseason you know what cj is just better for what we can get as far as special teams as far as what he can give us on offense who did blazingame go and block for derrick henry in tennessee yeah. What, you know, what did they do in the playoffs? Oh, they just ran over basically everybody until they got to Kansas City. I'm like, that was our cast off guy. That was the yeah. guy that we we're like, not good enough. Oh, but he's good enough for Tennessee, who everybody loves right now. So why not take care of a guy that's that talented? Well, and, and additionally, I'm super curious to see how CJ evolves. Cause like you said, small school guy gets into the NFL, finds a role, really, really builds some stability in the team. And last year, towards the end of the season, especially you see him catching passes, you see him turning up the field. And that's what you see with the Patriots and with Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. And, and, and so with Diggs leaving, you're going to need another playmaker or other people to make plays in a different way and having a guy who can block for the best running back in the league and then you can slip him out on a screen and he can turn it up for 30 that's that's pretty rare in the nfl right now it is and it's and it's a full complement of offense when you look at it that he's not just a fullback he's more of a he's more of an h-back than he is a fullback because you're not going to find a lot of teams that can have two guys in the backfield that can catch the ball you know, you, we, we talk about mismatches all the time. We talk about, um, you know, finding personnel groups that can really give the defense a lot of fits. Well, we can go our, our 21 personnel with two backs in the backfield and one tight end and still pass out of it, which normally that's a running situation. So he just gives us more versatility than a lot of other teams uh, can get. And then you talk about how deep our tight end group is. Now you can go heavy situations. You can even show, you can even show a, a goal line, a short yard situation with some tight ends and still bust out of that formation and throw the football. So 
you know, I, I think that he is, uh, he deserved the, the contract, not only because of him being a local guy and it's a feel good story, but the guys definitely deserved it. Let's flip to the other side of the ball, the Ben Lieber side of the ball, the defense. The defense. Uh, because the defense that has been the heart and soul of this team for a really long time, ever since Coach Zim has got here, it's going to look a little different next year. Uh, I want to start with uh, the place we lost a guy and added a guy. Uh, the team moved on from Linval Joseph. And uh, we've also, you know, they moved on from Linval and Xavier at the same time. I think it's important to note uh, that that it's still the door is open it seems you mm -hmm. know Rhodes hasn't signed somewhere else he's you know he's beloved here the door is open that he still might be a part of this team but Linval according to reports has signed uh with the Chargers I think according to Tom Pelissero so uh before we get to his replacement I I think it's important to note having a dominant tackle and having a dominant shutdown corner are two of the most important like defense changing positions and man, how, what a privilege it was for a number of years to have two of the best in the sport at those two positions. No, I, and, and I agree, you know, um, I understood why from a salary cap purpose and from a performance standpoint that the rumors were that they were possibly going to get cut. And it made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Linval gave us a ton. He was... Mm -hmm. You know, having played behind Pat Williams myself, I understand the importance of having a big space eating guy that maybe doesn't get a lot of stats, but he's the guy in the film room that you're constantly looking at and you're literally patting him on the back and on the shoulder and saying like, appreciate it, man. Thanks, big guy. Like what you do up front, nobody really recognizes, but we recognize that. That's the, that's the type of guy that Linval was. He kept the linebackers clean. He kept the secondary clean in the run game. And then, you know, his play started to diminish a little bit. He started getting banged up. And that's just the nature of playing that position. That's the nature of logging as many years as he did in the NFL. Same thing with, with Xavier. We, we had, he had a great run here. Um, and then you saw, you saw his play sort of drop off about midway to the late 2018 comes back this last year, you know, supposedly as healthy as he's ever been, um, and, you know, just didn't perform up to up to what his contract was saying. Again, business of the NFL. You go out and you get Michael Pierce, who he he's basically a shorter version, but a wider version of Linval. Uh, and he's in his prime. That, that's what I want. Like, I, it was tough to watch fan favorites go. You're right. That is the business of the NFL. But the one outside move that we've made so far, I don't it's Michael Pierce. We're bringing him over from the Ravens. It's obviously not a name that is going to shake everyone to their core when they hear it. But I, I, to me, and I went and when I got the text message, I went and I started watching some stuff on him. This reminds me, I remember when we signed Pat Williams, the guy you just mentioned, yeah. I was like, who, who is Pat Williams? Because you never know who these guys no. are. And, I, and by the way, this same thing happened with Linval. When we signed Limbaugh, we're like, who yeah. is Limbaugh? And then you go and you watch this dude. He's over 300 pounds. He's a, just, a, just a big monster, space-eating, destructive beast. And he's 27. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the sort of thing that you need. And you played the position that I, I, I wonder if Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr high-fived when they heard that. Because oh, for this sure. guy is going to be a guy that everybody's going to love.
Yeah, they're going to love him. And again, I think he only has, what, three and a half career sacks. So he's not a sacker. I know that everybody loves stats. And what does his stats look like? What does his tackles look like? It's not really about that when you're looking for a true run-stuffing nose tackle that he's going to hold up two guys. They're going to spend a little bit more time on him on the double team, and it's going to allow our fast linebackers to go and make plays. Um, you, you, alert, you alluded to his size. He's six foot. Not six one, not six two, six foot, three hundred and forty pounds. He oh, is it's as, forty. It's forty. He is as forty. He is as wide as he is tall. You know his <laughs> nickname is the Juggernaut. All right. Oh <laughs> and, boy. And he is he is a house. And in in two thousand eighteen, again, I I'm gonna I'm gonna use the metrics only because it's gonna favor us in this standpoint. You know, one website had him as the fifth best interior defensive lineman in the, all of the NFL and the fourth best run stuffing defensive tackle in the NFL. That was in 2018. Had a little bit of a drop off last year. Um, part of that, he got he got a little bit too big, maybe didn't move as fast, but the potential's there. He's already proven it at a high level. Undrafted from Samford, not Stanford, but a small <laughs> school in Alabama had to work his ass off, literally, to get into a starting position, which he earned right from the get-go. Undrafted through the offseason, goes through training camp and earns a starting spot. And by the way, he didn't earn his starting spot on a team that was winning two or three games. Right. Yeah. He earned his starting spot on the defensive line of the Baltimore Ravens. He started 14 games on the Baltimore Ravens last year, a team that has personified, uh, like I said earlier, raising and growing and developing defensive talent for the last almost two decades. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This this isn't just some some cast off team that you just sort of joke about and like, oh yeah, well, okay, big deal. He started for that team. This is a this is a good team that we talked about early in this podcast that they're they're becoming sort of the the benchmark when it comes to the way you run an organization. A lot of people have Ravens envy with how they do things from top to bottom. So they know how to scout guys. They know how to find guys. They know how to treat guys the, the right way. And they're winning football games. So let's, let's transition. And, and we should point out, by the way, that with uh, Michael Pierce, it's, it, we've agreed to terms. That's where we're at with him. Yeah. It's been agreed to terms. Uh, the... The back half of the defense is where I want to shift now. And I think that's where a lot of fans are pretty nervous because it's going to be a heck of an overhaul. Uh, it's reported that both, interestingly enough, both Trey Waynes and Mac Alexander are reported as going to the Cincinnati Bengals, which originally I was like, I wonder who's, and then I was like, oh, Zach Thomas is the coach there. It's not like there's a, I was like, is one of Zim's sons coaching there that they'll yeah, just fit yeah. right in? I was surprised. It's interesting and surprising that they went to the same place. Uh, but we don't know how things will turn out with Xavier. And we franchise tagged uh, Anthony Harris. So that back half of the defense is going to look shockingly different yeah, next year. It is. Um, I'm curious how you think it'll play out. And I'm curious if you think we'll go the free agent route. Will it be more of a draft route? Will, what sort of combo of both? The one thing I will say is that we have a coach, a head coach who has prided himself on developing young players. 
and specifically prided himself on being a cornerbacks coach. Yeah. So if we're on this side, I, I remember it's when we got rid of Jared Allen. You remember yeah. that early in Zim's tenure, and it was hard. You you were just went through the Favre run. He was such a huge part of it. It was hard to see him go. You didn't have any idea whether Everson. They were about to give Everson a deal. Who was Daniil Hunter? And man, oh man, the development of those two guys. So I I lean on the side of confidence that that's where we're going. But how do you see? a very new secondary shaking out going forward. Look, I, I don't begrudge any Vikings fans for looking at that secondary that you just laid out and, and having some anxiety. I, I've got a little anxiety. I think that's human nature. You look at what the team is on paper and you're like, okay, we lost a whole bunch of experience and we've got two corners out of Texas that haven't seen a lot of snaps. You know, We don't know who our nickel corner is going to be and we all understand how important that position is. You've got an all-pro um, strong safety in Harrison Smith, and it sounds like you've got a franchised other safety. I know they don't want to call him free safety or strong safety, but Anthony Harris, that sounds like it's going to be a tag-and-trade situation if you can find the right, right trade partner. So yeah. all of a sudden now you've got this secondary that um, had some veterans on it that are, that's now completely decimated. I see all that. I think that's just a reality, and it's okay to be like, ooh, what are they going to do? I, I lean on the fact that they found all these guys to begin with. They know how to scout these guys. If they feel confident in Chris Boyd and Holton Hill, then I have some confidence that those guys are going to go out there and perform as well. Do they have to find a guy in the draft? Do they have to maybe go out and get a, get a depth guy that can push and maybe find the right guy that's going to fit this system in free agency? Absolutely, I think they're going to do that. And I think they're going to hit it right on the head too. So... Is, is there a little consternation with it? Sure. I think that's a reality. Can you be excited for the possibilities? Oh, hell yeah. Like there's going to be some guys in this draft that I think are going to, they're going to fall right into our lap and be like, that's a really talented corner that we got right there, whether it's in the first round or second round or even third round. And I think they're going to find some, some value picks in free agency. So this narrative is not over with. Yes, the way it looks right now, it looks like the cupboard is bare, but I'm excited for it. You know, Josh Klein, who I, I was a big fan of, his contract was officially terminated, gave us a hell of a year. Uh, the, uh, obviously, a lot of people think the offensive line is possible to go uh, to undergo some changes as well. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about that group now as I do about the cornerbacks in that like when you have a team that is filled with high level talent guys like you do with a, a Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, a Kirk Cousins, a Rudy. And I'm really, really pumped uh, to see what Irv Smith does next year. Yeah. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you still have Daniil. You got the stud linebackers and Harrison. When you have that much talent spread across, there's going to be these moments where you're going to have to build some other areas up. So I, I'm, I'm more curious and excited. You know me, I'm always worrying. I'm like a disaster when it comes to like how things are going to turn out with this football team because I'm a worrier fan. But I'm excited to see with all these picks and, and an organization, we have never gone after a position to go after a position. We go after the guys that are the best guys. Yeah. You know, is, is there a great player here that fits what we do? Not we need this guy. So I'm curious to see when it all shake out. It reminds me, you've seen the movie Major League. Yeah. I love that scene where they're all showing up. And Serrano shows up with the snake around his neck and Dorn shows up and you're just meeting all the guys. <laughs> I, I love that for the O-line and, and the secondary, if that's what happens, like 
Let's just get a bunch of guys in here with good coaches who we think could be stars. And there was a point when nobody knew who Xavier Rhodes was. Right. There just was. And, and, and we got to get some guys in here and hit on some of them. So it's, it's a, like you said, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling to sit with in your stomach. Yeah. But it's also one where you're like, you should feel like we're restocking. And if, think about this, if you do hit, let's say Chris Boyd is who we think he might be. Yeah. Let's say Holton Hill can stay on the field and he is who we think we can might be. Let's say you, you, you knock it out of the park and you get a cornerback or an O-lineman in the first round. All of a sudden, you flipped this roster, you flipped the salary cap situation, and now you have young guys on good deals and you're going, oh, now let's see what the next three years look like. Now let's see who we're going to be. Yeah, and I think we all have seen Rick Spielman loves to deal during the draft. You know, yeah, he, yeah. he he loves to to build up as many draft picks as possible that get that draft capital and see how things play out. And and I think that's the thing that I'm getting really excited for is yeah, we still have this this time of free agency leading up to the end of April as long as everything's still on track. Um we got two first round draft picks. We got a second, we have two third round draft picks. That's a lot of draft capital going in and I would not be surprised if there's a small play to move up in the first round, possibly get a, a second second round pick somewhere in there with the other draft picks that we have behind that. If you could walk away with two first rounders, two two second rounders and a third. Oh boy. You know, oh boy. Five, like how, five in the first three. How fun is that? That's why yeah. I'm I'm excited. And that's why I'm going to take this thing full circle. That's why I think that the Diggs trade was monumental for what the, it can do to this franchise for the years to come. I love it. Well, there's a whole, like, we're going to keep doing these MVPs. We got some other great content coming out. We're going to have Pete Bursich on to talk a few things. We're trying to get a Ravens reporter uh, or uh, somebody who's really familiar with Pierce to come on and talk to us. Uh, and and we'll, there's, there's more things that happen. There's more uh, former Vikings that are reported to go elsewhere. We're still working on stuff. So we're going to keep pumping out content here. I want to, I want to leave with one thing. Well, it's a two-part thing and it's, one of them is half Vikings related and the other one is just NFL related. So the first one okay. is Teddy Bridgewater is going to get his shot. Yeah. Reportedly three year, $63 million deal. And for a guy that's so beloved here and before I worked for the, uh, the organization and started doing shows and working with you, I always, I liked Teddy. And then when you get to do shows and, and do interviews and talk with guys who played with him, he's got that crazy, weird leadership quality that I can't wait. I'm happy for him and I can't wait to see what it looks like in Carolina. Yeah. And I think it's a good fit. You know, I've had um, with my college football duties, I've had uh, some experience with Matt Rule and Baylor. And he, he's a guy that when you look at his offense, he likes to have a mobile quarterback. That's just something that he likes to have. And, and he, he's a tough minded guy. He's an old school football approach. I think he's going to fit Teddy's personality very well. And I think they're going to mesh well. I like everything that they're building there in Carolina. And I think that's a, it was, it's a fun fit for him. Cause I think he's, he's going to be probably not as beloved as Cam Newton because he doesn't have that boisterous of a personality. I just hope that 
the way the Cam Newton situations played out, I hope it doesn't reflect on him badly. I hope he doesn't feel that negative energy where where people on in the organization in the locker room sort of look at him like it's his fault that they're that they're beloved oh, okay. Cam is leaving and and get that sort of unfair treatment. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think human nature is going to play a part in that. Um, and I hope that it doesn't happen for him. A guy who, by all accounts did the right stuff on and off the field, gave sure. it everything he got, and then had to go through that injury, now getting a chance to, like, either you're a starter or you're not. I'm just happy he gets that chance. No, I'm happy he gets, like, for all the, for all the things that happened injury-wise and what he's been through, couldn't be happier for him. But I, I do think it's funny how, because of the injury, a lot of people, a lot of Vikings fans look at him and be like, oh, God, I, I want him back. And I'm like, why do you want him back? I'm pretty happy with what Kirk can do and how Kirk can get the ball down the field. I'm really happy with that. I, Teddy's a nice guy. Teddy went through some, some BS with his knee, and I'm happy that he's back, but not for one second do I want him to be the starting quarterback again. Here's the other one, and I didn't, I didn't want to get too far down the Teddy pathway because I want to get a little bit down this one. Tom Brady is a buccaneer. Tom Brady is a buccaneer. And I don't know about you, but I spent. The last two months, ridiculing and criticizing everyone who's like, I wonder if he'll go to Oakland. I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder. And then he <laughs> did. He left Boston and he went to another team. He's a Buccaneer. We, we have a division next year that has Drew Brees and Tom Brady in it. Yeah. It's bonkers. If I could make a description of my reaction to Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it'd be that emoji that's the green face that's puking. <laughs> like, that's my... Bleh. Like, really? I love it. Why? Well, <laughs> here's, let me pitch you on why I love it. If okay. I'm Brady, I want to be... I think it'll be a system he understands, but the Patriots are all business. That's their thing, right? Yeah. He's Bruce Arians is a quarterback guy. You're like, it's like being a point guard who played for Flip Saunders. He was a point guard's guy. So you're going down there to a guy who's all quarterbacks all the time. They seem poised to, they already had 2,000 yard receivers. They had a good defense. Honestly, you know who the Buccaneers feel like? The 2008 Minnesota Vikings. A really good defense, a couple of playmakers, and they just didn't have consistency at the quarterback position. And so I love it. I, I love Tom Brady. So I, it's going to be fun to watch. But dude, we get to watch a real time. Like, think about the time period we're living in. And now I'm going to start talking like I'm a 30 for 30. So this is where Ben shuts his microphone off and just leaves. But dude, the Patriots are one of the greatest dynasties in the history of professional sports. And one of the most interesting questions this whole time is, uh, you know, Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Brady's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. What's the percentage? Who, who, right. what, what, like, yeah. so now Tom's going to, if you think he can still play for a year or two, whichever one of those guys gets to the, if either of them do, to the top of the mountain first, it could forever change the narrative of that dynasty. It's, it's such an, it, for people like us who now talk about the sport. It's fascinating, and I love that he's in Tampa. I love for the first time in 20 years, he's got a battle for a division. I love it. Well, you're playing the long game, and I, and I appreciate that. You're playing the long game. Mm -hmm. If he's a winner, if the Patriots are winners, then it's going to answer that age-old question, who was it? Who's the chicken? Who's the egg? Who's the cart? Who's the horse, right? I, fine. I look at in the short term. 
you and I are in the media business. You and I are in this business where the football news is fun. It's exciting. I think it's edgy. Look at the possibilities. There was rumors that he was going to go to Miami because Miami was going to get sold. And his buddy was going to buy the Miami Dolphins and give him a stake in the team. How freaking awesome would that narrative be? We need There's to send also Ben to Snopes. <laughs> well, there's also the rumor that he was going to go join up with his buddy, Mike Vrabel in mm -hmm. Tennessee. I love that's that a, one. That's a fun story. There's also the storyline of going out to San Francisco and swapping quarterbacks again. All oh, of a man. sudden, you know, Garoppolo is going to go back to the Patriots because we all heard that there was some dissension going on in the Patriots about who wanted Garoppolo and who didn't. Right. And then you had the other rumor of him going to the Los Angeles Chargers. For me personally, was was going to be a fun story because that's my first team that I played for. And, and, and I think it'd be fun for him to go back to L.A. Made a lot of sense. He's he's a California guy. His wife does a lot of modeling. L.A. was going to be perfect for him. He could do a lot of LeBron James entertainment stuff. He could build that portfolio. Then he goes to the Tampa Bay freaking Buccaneers, which <laughs> which. <laughs> Which he he's you know like to picture him in those pewter colors it just it, everything about it just doesn't make sense to me like ah really I, I get it their offense is no, stacked no their, their you're offense wrong, is gonna ben. their offense is gonna look good Bruce Arians everybody loves him he's this offensive genius that came from the, from the Steelers and brought them up to what they were but Tampa Bay what fun storyline is that. Nope, I've stopped caring about your opinion. I'm right. You're wrong. I love that he's on the Buccaneers. <laughs> hey, I, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it's, I think it's great to get some stuff out to the fans. Big thank you to the Vikings Entertainment Network for, with all of us being in different locations, making this work and, and, and sound the way it does. And uh, keep your eyes. Well, I would say not eyes, ears, but you have to look at your podcast feed. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. Is it peeled correct? Yeah, eyes peeled, ears open. I don't know. Doesn't seem right. The point is, we're going to have some more content coming out here as we get through free agency. And as there's updates, we're going to try to give you cool things to do while you are sitting at home and doing your best, taking care of you and your family. So take care of yourself, and uh, we will be back with another episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast real soon. Thank you, Ben. Love you, Cy. Love you, fans. Love you. Enjoy Bye. yourself. You're wrong about Tampa Bay. <laughs>